Hey, this is Christina Dam, and this is Liberate the Podcast, where we educate, motivate, inspire, and liberate your consciousness. From spirituality, holistic healing, to creativity, and conscious business, we've got your mind, body, and spirit covered. Hi, friends. Hey, so... <laughs> Here we go. I know! This is Deep Cuts at Liberate Emporium, where we do what? What are we going to be doing? Well, it's sort of an offshoot of Liberate the Podcast, where practitioners get together and we just talk about topics and stuff, real life experiences um, of the work that we do. So, do you want to introduce yourself? Thank you. Yes. So, my name is Jeroen de Witt. I am a past life regressionist. I was trained by Dolores Cannon back in 2006. And um, I've been merrily past life regressioning ever since. <laughs> so this is the main thing that I talk about hitting my microphone um, the main thing that I talk about and then you are yes so I'm Helen Vonderheide I'm an elite certified Akashic Records practitioner and teacher and I like a few years ago I experienced one of your past life regressions you did? Mm-hmm. how? it was at Liberate Emporium oh. it was a group setting right and it was so incredible. It was also around the time where I started reading Dolores Cannon's Three Waves of Volunteers in the New Earth. Right. And I just loved the experience. Thank you. I also love the work. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, you know what? I was just thinking because if I had to introduce you, I would have said your name wrong because you have a Dutch last name. I'm from the Netherlands. Mm -hmm. But I don't know how to say it the American way because I would just default to Dutch. I would call you Helen van der Heijden. Mm-hmm. But you say it von der Heide. I say it very American slash Chicagoan. Okay, okay. <laughs> Do you know what it means? Um, from from the Hyde, from a green grassy pasture, is that right? Yes, well, Hyde is, Hyde is a particular little plant that grows in the Netherlands, I don't know, probably other places. It's like re really um, hardy and it's got little purple flowers. It's like, yeah. Oh my God, yeah. actually, I didn't know that. Now you know. Yes, that's so amazing. <laughs> I know if I, if, you know, it's funny, if I were to say my name properly, I would say it like that. Like it's actually in my, like the vibration of my consciousness to say it like that. Hmm. But I've been conditioned as an American to say it like Vonderheide. Interesting. And you, you do have Dutch ancestry then. Yeah, yeah. 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 And the last name, I believe the last name from what I've been told, we are Dutch, but I've, I've been told that it's German. Oh, okay. Maybe, because it, it overlaps. Could be wrong. Because it says von, that means the German word of von. Yeah, mm -hmm. It's very close. Yeah. <laughs> Anywho, we're both Dutch-German, whatever. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Akashic Records and Past Life Regression. So, I didn't know that you were in my group. Um, well, thank you for joining. So, I yes. send people your way whenever, in a session, their higher self comes in oh. and says, they need to learn Akashic Records. I was like, let me call the queen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank um, you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so cute. Well, yeah, and there's even been people like that that have come, you know, because we can access the, the past lives in the Akashic Records, but it doesn't always necessarily be about past lives. And so when people really want to do past life regressions and go deeper with it, I've actually even sent people your way as well. Thank you. Anna. Yes. I remember that. Yes. You. So what do you want to talk about? Well, it's really funny. So the reason, okay, so I'm actually the one that initiated this deep cut session. 
And um, like, it was my idea. I was like, I want to talk to him. Um, at first, because there's this overlap in the work that we do. And even though we have these different tools or practices to access this past life information, there's a similarity. And I just wanted to dive into a little bit deeper. But a couple weeks ago, I did a podcast with Christina um, manifesting through the Akashic Records. And I was sharing with her some of the topics and points that I wanted to hit in the podcast interview. Mm. And one of them in particular is birth and death trauma. Mm. And when I started to explain it to her a little bit more, I was sharing that birth and death trauma can actually prevent us from manifesting in Mm. this lifetime. And Mm. when I started to go into it, she was like, you know what? This is a deep cuts episode. And I had already previously made the appointment to do this with you. And so I wanted to see if you're interested in talking about this topic. I don't know if I have a lot to say about it because... It doesn't come up a whole lot in my sessions. Uh-huh. It will go through death experiences, but um, the things that uh, that that might be limiting us in this lifetime, like a lot of people think that past life regression means that you know you have a knee issue in your current lifetime, and then in a regression you go back to a life where you fell down a flight of stairs, and then you hurt your knee, and it all makes sense. You have any issue right now, and so what I'm finding in my in my work that it's not always that clear, mm-hmm. like that kind of connection is a very sort of it's very satisfying for the conscious mind it makes sense but what i find in these past life regression sessions what what we do is we connect to the higher self we Mm -hmm. call it the subconscious mind and it'll just provide you with the most appropriate healing Mm. sessions and so it doesn't come in a whole lot where um the higher self says well they died in a certain way and now they're dealing with this stuff Mm -hmm. um also what i'm finding is in my work at least is that um just disclaimer, like I talk about things like I know what I'm talking about and I know what I know because I do this work. It doesn't mean that I know the truth for everybody, for the universe. It's just, just my perspective. So I just want to have that be said. Same here. <clears throat> um, so I now I forgot what I was talking about. I think you were just going to start sharing like um, a little bit more about the sessions, like when people go in with you. Right. So actually, why don't you tell us, like, you know, if someone is interested in a past life, what, how does that even begin? What's the experience? Like, um, oh, I'm having this issue and I think maybe it's past life related and can I come and see you? Or how do people first come to you? That happens. Uh, so people, uh, they've been in other healing sessions and they found out there's, they've been told by their healer, their Akashic Records reader, you should do a past life regression to mm. clear some stuff. That happens, but um, the work that I do, it's called quantum healing hypnosis technique. It's um, developed with Dolores Cannon. And so that's usually the way that people find out about it. They've been going down a YouTube rabbit hole and and Dolores Cannon pops up and they go like, mind blown. This lady knows about how I feel on the inside about life mm-hmm. and the universe. And so then they go onto her site and they find me mm-hmm. in, in, here in Los Angeles. So... Um, so people come in with all kinds of questions, physical issues or um, life purpose issues, let's see, emotional issues, addiction, um, anxiety, um, curiosity. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so there's a whole variety of reasons that people uh, think about, yeah, find me. Yeah, so if someone was in this session with, let's say I had anxiety and I came to you for a session um, 
tell us like how that uh, session would kind of go. Um, well, they all kind of go the same way in terms of how it's structured. Um, so we would talk for about an hour and a half to two hours to touch on all the important events in a person's life, both the ups and the downs. Um, and then we go over the questions that they brought in to make sure that they're they're covering you know the load that they're bringing in. Um, then there's the hypnotic induction, um, and that just quiets people's minds down to where they're available to the information. And then their higher self just brings up the most appropriate information. So mm. like I sort of explained before, um, it might not be information that can be immediately linked to what's happening in the current lifetime. Mm -hmm. It might be information that allows them to experience a, a bigger truth about themselves mm -hmm. or to, um, to release certain patterns. And it can be uh, like a pattern of loneliness or um, abuse or can be all kinds of things mm -hmm. and so we kind of just open up the the what do you call that we open up the the table that's not what you say but we open up the space for whatever to come in to come in to serve the highest good of, of the person that's on my mm -hmm. table and then after we explore these different lifetimes for a while then I call forth the higher self and I ask it interesting but what was it all good for mm -hmm. and so then it starts to explain and then that goes into getting the questions answered as well. Mm -hmm. So mm. there is no sort of um, textbook session for anxiety and this is going to go this way. Mm -hmm. It can be so many different things. It can be a person not having learned how to uh, value their own feelings. Mm -hmm. And so they're, 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 they're cut off to, to experiencing their own emotions. They don't know how to express them or they value them as bad or not good enough. Um, so that can be part of the anxiety. It can also be that there's been um, experiences in their life that are not explained by our 3D thinking that's around. So they might have been abducted by aliens mm -hmm. or psychic experiences or sleep paralysis. And so there's fear about these things mm -hmm. and a sense of not feeling secure or safe in the world um, that can cause anxiety as well. Mm -hmm. um, those are the two things I can come up with now. I love it. So yeah, I, I never know what's going to happen. Like they can come in with different issues and, you know, I can place bets. I can make bets with myself. Like, oh, I think this is going to go this way, but more often than not, it's going to go completely <laughs> different. Sometimes like people come in and they think, and I think we're going to have this amazing past life journey, but then we end up doing lots of inner child healing. Mm. And that seems to be coming at first. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So have you had people come to you for sessions specifically around challenges with manifesting things in their life? Uh, yes, abundance is usually part of that, mm -hmm. yeah. And do you have any like experiences of maybe some of the people that you worked with respecting their confidentiality, but any experiences of as they've moved through the regression with you, those personal discoveries that their higher self helps them become aware of to maybe move them out of certain blocks so that they can start to create that abundance? You mean if that happens? Or, or do you have like any stories or experiences? You know, I was just telling my friend today, I don't retain a lot of information. Like I can remember mm. today's session because I do one every day and mm -hmm. it's like, you know, a shitload of, yeah. of sessions that are somewhere in there. But um, sense. particularly with manifesting, I would say 
you know, the general sort of issue is usually a sense of worthiness. Mm -hmm. um, and um, moving through that or learning to embrace one's own authenticity mm -hmm. and to value yourself again. Mm -hmm. um, that's usually kind of the, the key that I find in my sessions. Yeah. Uh, to abundant, abundance. Usually, I mean, self-trust, trust in yourself, it comes up like 99% of the, the times. That's the same with yeah. me, with the Akashic Records oh, really? work. Yes, yes. It's like the self-doubt, self-trust. Like there's yes. so much self-doubt. Yes, yeah. It's such a blocker. Yeah. Tell me about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, it's really interesting. So how self-doubt shows up in the people that I work with is, for example, I'll, I'll just share a little bit with like students. So. Um, I'll teach people, how, students, how to access their records. And when they start to receive that Akashic insight, they immediately tell themselves, this is me. I'm the one telling myself this. Like they're not, right. they are not in this space to trust that this information is coming from a higher source and it is an extension of them. And it's just like being dropped into their awareness. So it's really interesting. It's kind of like a, ah. I love that you say that because <laughs> this is this is the main thing in my work, that people learn to mm. trust that they are, that your higher self is not up on a cloud somewhere. It's like, <laughs> just get with the program. You know, you're doing it all wrong. That's not what it is. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, we are it. Yeah. You know, you and I and everybody else, we are source living in this, mm -hmm. in this physical, funnel into this physical mm -hmm. expression. So. To tap into that, we just have been taught that that this is like difficult, mm -hmm. or that we have to do certain processes to tap into. This is very normal, mm -hmm. you know. This is this is who we are. Just mm -hmm. because, you know, through history and and religion, I think, and the way that we've been brought up in our world, we have been told told that um, we're not good enough, yeah. and we're dirty and bad, and God is up there, and we have yeah. to do certain things to to gain its value, its, its, its um, acknowledgement yeah. or to be valuable enough. Yeah. That is some fucked up shit. I know. Yeah. And it just made me think of something that you shared previously, which is, you know, some of those challenges around manifesting being self-worth. Yes. And, and then one of the other things that you shared was, you know, like we are this source. And so it's almost like we've been disconnected, of course, from that knowing that we're connected, but that we're not worthy of receiving exactly. that higher source of ourselves, right. And so then we just doubt it and we push it away and we don't trust it. Right. Yeah. And we sabotage ourselves. Yes. I, I do the same thing. When I, I learn how to check your gosh, as well, I'm like, oh, that's not is that good. Is that me? Or, you know, I don't trust it. I have my own journey with it. I mean, yeah. I've, I do this work because I've gone sort of a distance in it, but mm -hmm. there's still, you know, I'm still on the planet, so I'm still yeah. dealing with issues like that. But yeah. I'm so glad that this is um, congruent in mm -hmm. both of our work. Yes. That it comes in that way. And I love how you describe that because people sometimes do the same thing in my sessions. Like, yeah. I just made that up. I know. It's like, yes, you did. And it was your higher self. It's you. This is your information. <laughs> like, did you see how random that was? <laughs> yeah, I was sharing this recently. Um, well, Get so yes, kick them off. <laughs> Let's <laughs> So I was sharing recently. So, you know, the word Akasha is primary substance, that out of which all things are formed. So what I try to teach my students is like, you couldn't 
think of it if it you know what I mean like it's almost like they just drop the information you couldn't think of it if it didn't come from this place exactly and imagination yes. is a perfect vehicle for that information to come yes. in yeah. <gasps> Love that. no it is because when you know when I ask people to imagine if they're a little stuck in a process what you do is you invite them to play, to to move past um, limiting beliefs, mm-hmm. imagination, then go past it, imagine it. Mm-hmm. And before you know it, they're in a process. Yeah. So it, it really is. Imagination is one of our mm. human superpowers, I think. Yes. Because, you know, if you, if you think about it, like everything around you was a thought at one point. Yes. It was. That's what I actually teach my students when we're going into past life work. Um, use you have to use your imagination and just because you're using your imagination doesn't mean that it is not coming from this source of what's real exactly because you're it I know yeah. <laughs> I love how they overlap right oh go I, ahead I, well I've been interested I was driving down here and I was just like what what do I want to know about because um, this is really the first time that we are yes. talking about our our work you know <laughs> Um, I was interested in um, in your journey with it. Like, how yeah. did um, how was Akashic Records brought to you, and and your journey with it? You're now very established in doing what yes. you do, and like, I don't know anybody else in LA that is like the queen of Akashic <laughs> Records. That's how I refer to you. Aww. So I'm interested in your own journey of empowerment with that like what you know how did you start what were the the struggles that you might have had um if you're interested in sharing yes i would love to um (laughs) i feel like in some way the akashic records found me probably everyone feels that way with like their practices and their tools um but i can say that since i was a little girl i was raised catholic and i always had this yearning to like when I would see the priest up in front of the altar, this yearning to connect with directly with whatever he was working with, like whatever this like divine source of energy was, I was like, I don't want you in the middle. Like I want that. Mm -hmm. So I didn't really know how to articulate that. Um, But I started seeking, you know, looking for other practices, other religions or whatever. Um, and then I came upon this um, practice of Buddhism where we, were, we would chant to a mantra, a scroll. Right. And after several years, again, I had found myself like wanting a connection to a source that was like on the other side of something. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I just need to have this like direct relationship with it. Like, I don't want anything in between me and it. So at the, at, around the same time that I'm coming into the awareness of like something's in between me and this thing again. Mm-hmm. Um, a project that I was working on, a feature film that I was developing, it fell apart. And I was developing it for several years and putting all these pieces into place. When it fell apart, well, before it fell apart, I, like, inside of me was like, this is what I'm here to do. This is definitely my calling. You mean the, the filming? The film. Okay. Like, um, a little bit more um, about storytelling and, and stories of, you know, real life human experiences that would empower people, raise social awareness, elevate consciousness. So that was in like 2000 and I think eight when I started to have this, like, it was almost like a call inside of me. Like these are the kind of stories that you're going to tell. So then from 2008 to about 2014, I was developing this, um, one of these projects. So it fell apart. And then 
I was like, oh my God, I thought that's why I was here. And now that it fell apart, I don't even know why I'm on earth anymore. So I started asking a lot of these bigger questions. Why am I here? What am I doing? I just want to be happy. I just want to do the work that I'm here to do. So I feel like when you start to ask those questions, you are being guided to know your soul, Mm -hmm. be it through past, um, past life regression, through Akashic Records, spiritual practices, it doesn't matter. So I was just kind of like moving through everything, trying to find those answers, trying to find any little glimmer of hope that I can hold on to. And then that's when the Akashic Records kind of like really, it. And I just want to say like, it just enveloped me in its love. Mm-hmm. And when I learned how to read the records, which was probably a few months after the project fell apart, it was the moment that I used the prayer and I started hearing my master's teachers and loved ones, it was like, everything made sense. That thing that I was seeking my whole life, finally, I was having this relationship with it. And the way that I received the records is I'm clairaudient. So I basically hear the masters, teachers, and loved ones speak. And then I just communicate back and forth with them. We just had conversations. So when I realized like how I could do it, I was like, oh my God, I want everyone to have the key. Mm. Like everyone needs to have this Mm. key. And then that's when I decided to um, start teaching and doing readings. And yeah, and so I've been doing it for about five years now. Wow. And what's crazy is the producing film stuff totally coming back full circle. I'm sorry, my Instagram life. Technology, also high vibrations. <laughs> I'm sorry. What no, I saying? love it. Mm-hmm. The the funny thing is that the producing and the storytelling it totally came full circle. So now that I'm doing this Akashic Records work, I've been creating a lot more content. I have separately uh, one of my clients is a Netflix producer. She put me on one of her shows. I did readings for her talent. She was like we need to develop a show around what you do. So we've been working on developing a show and like doing wow. some filming. I know, so it totally came back full circle. That's amazing. Yeah. I love hearing those stories. I know. What about like when you say like, I'm Claire audience, you say it with a lot of confidence. You know, like, was that was that there right from the get-go? Or? It was totally there right from the get-go, right. which is so interesting um, because the way people receive the records is 85% sense of knowing. visual, 5% audio. So I'm like this very small um, percentage of of people being able to hear them. And, but I just want to share the way that I hear them is as my inner voice. And we use this channel that I establish as basically our telephone line. And so I hear them talk and then I respond and we just go back and forth in this channel. And then a lot of the times my students, they'll say, oh, but that's just me telling myself that. And I'm like, yeah, but we're just an extension. They're an extension. We're connected like we're one. And also they're non-physical. They don't have a voice. So we have to use this voice to communicate this vibration. Right. I love it. I know. You know, because I'm, I'm just wondering, like, when I read Akashic Records, which is not very often, but when I do it, um, it seems to come in through feeling. Like, I feel stuff. Yes. Is that... Is that, is that <gasps> oh, my God. So, you're going to love this. So, Linda Howe says that um, 
immediately when we start receiving the Akashic energy, it is, um, oh gosh, what is the word? <laughs> Thank God this is a deep cuts. Converted. It's immediately converted into feeling and emotion. Oh. Immediately. Oh. Yes. And so what does that mean? So that means that how you're receiving the records is is actually how you receive the records. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. Works for me. I know. <laughs> I know. And then also, I think that, you know, the records are the source of unconditional love and acceptance. And because it is such a, um, like, powerful magnitude of love and acceptance, we can't help but feel it. Mm-hmm. So powerful. Very nice. Yeah. And so you, how did your life change? Like, how did your journey develop? Well, you've explained it really. Yeah. Well, yeah. So the journey, well, it's interesting. I was just talking about that this morning with a friend of mine. Um, <laughs> it's funny. So I was like white knuckle gripping my like producing. I was like, don't take it away from me. This is what I'm supposed to do here. But I was like holding on so tight and it just wasn't coming together. So the Akashic records were teaching me to slowly let go. Like they didn't want to rip it out of my hands, Mm. but they were teaching me to slowly let it go and to just be open to the different ways things could look. And so as I started to let go, there were a couple moments where I would say to myself, like, you know, I'll die if I'm here to do the Akashic Records. I almost was like, this is not why I'm here to do the Akashic Records. It's like I was still holding on to the producing thing. And what I started to experience was when I wasn't doing it, it was almost like a piece of me was missing. Right. And then I was like, wait a minute, Helen, wake up. Like this actually is bringing you so much happiness, so Mm. much fulfillment, so much prosperity. If you weren't doing this, like, would you be happy just producing? And then I was like, hell no. That's nice. I know. So, so then I really was like, I'm all in Akashic. Like Mm. I am like diving in. I'm letting go of the producing thing. And then my life just continued to expand like so many beautiful blessings and then the producing thing just came back on its own wow what have you what have you learned about yourself like when you go in sessions um you've read your own akashic records how has it changed your sense of identity what did you come to find out about yourself and, yes. and did that change the way that you are within yourself mm-hmm. yeah. the first thing i noticed is um peace Mm. like inner peace Mm. I'm so at peace with everything like everything about life you know sometimes I might get a little jolted by you know some experience but there's usually this like calming sense of inner peace and then trust oh whatever is happening is supposed to happen Mm. and it's like I don't you know there's like very very little doubt about anything in in regards to life so those two things alone have created so much inner stability that I feel like, you know, there really isn't anything that I can't have that I don't want. But also in regards to things that I want is like, yes, but is that a part of my soul's path or Mm. purpose? Mm -hmm. Because if it's not, then, you know, it's not meant to be and I have to learn to let, let it go. Okay. But letting go is also a really big lesson. I think that the Akashic Records have been teaching me from, you know, just like, 
you know, letting go of the person in traffic that was honking at me <laughs> behind me, mm-hmm. trying to get me to like move faster than I wanted to, um, perhaps like some bigger things like being able to let go of the project or like let go of like maybe something that I've been working on for like several years that I actually need to, my lesson is to let go. Wow. And so it sounds like that's become a little smoother. Yeah. Right. Wow. Less turbulence on this flight here. Right. That's awesome. I know. I mean, that's really beautiful because then that's what you sort of can inspire others to, yeah. to do as well, you know, because life, as, as you know, it can get very complicated and, and challenging for a lot of people. But mm-hmm. if you can um, hold that kind of uh, vibration for people, that's very inspiring. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. What about you? Tell me about your journey with it. My journey? Um, I, Catholic as well. Well, from the Netherlands, we're kind of one of the least religious nations on the planet. So... It was just going to church on Sundays, and um, I kind of had the same thing as you were talking, that I knew that there was something bigger out there, and looking at this ghastly figure, that blood running, I'm like, you know, on the cross, like, no, no that's not it. You know, it's like, <laughs> that, that what I see is not a personification of, yeah. of the feeling that I would imagine a god or whatever it is. is. I mean... To clarify, like, I, I believe in a Jesus as a figure, as I believe in, you know, lots of other saints and beings that have been on the planet, male and female, yes, mm-hmm. um, to elevate consciousness. Mm-hmm. Um, but just that gospel image in the church, it's like, this not, it doesn't inspire any sense of spirit or God or, or goodness inside of me. It's mm-hmm. just like, just kind of gross. Yeah. I know. And so um, I... It's a long story. I try to see if I can compact it a little bit. I, I've been checked out for the first part of my life. I did not completely incarnate. My circuitry was shut down. Mm. And so I was always sort of off in other realms anyway. And, um, and so I was looking for proof in a physical world that would mirror that sort of sense of spirituality or God. Or, but I, I, I didn't find it unless I was in nature. That's mm. where I, I had more mm. connection. And so going through life... Um, being interested in sort of alternative holistic practices. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I was 26, I had like my spiritual awakening and um, it wasn't an awakening, you know, where you woke up and it's rainbows and unicorns, but it was just a nightmarish, horrible experience. Oh. Um, and uh, just crawling back out of it, uh, I accessed different healing modalities and in finding my own empowerment and healing, um, I wanted to be able to do this for other people as well because mm. I was like, this shit works, you know? <laughs> so I want other people to experience that as well. Mm. Um, so I started with, what did I start with? So I, I would get energy healing and then uh, from other people. And then uh, I did bioenergetics and then I learned Reiki and I did this in Canada with a Reiki master that she was very process oriented. So we would sound and bring up feelings and, and um, information that had been suppressed. Mm. And I, I experienced like um, catharsis, Mm. like cathartic feelings. And I was, I felt like the difference inside of me and would notice behavioral options increase right after to to Mm. before I would have been very insecure and almost not owning the ground that I would stand on. And then I would have this session and immediately my sense of self and and fullness sort of was there. Mm. So beautiful experiences. And in these sessions, working on other people, I was, was able, I was able to see very customized 
healing processes for people mm -hmm. from people going to Egyptian past lives or just very emotional uh, current life experiences and other things as well um, and so I was getting little tidbits of information that kind of matched how I always felt on the inside mm. and then I picked up a book by Dolores when I was in my 30s yeah um, and just picked it up and read it and was like this is this is true for me this yeah. is this resonates so much and so yeah. I was still in the Netherlands at the time um, and she was teaching there and so I took a class and I've never been I've always been like the C student always skipping classes and you know half-assing everything except for this this training like I was completely like locked on oh focus God. you know locked on target just absorbing everything and then started practicing um, that was sort of the, 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 the beginning of it. And then it was many, many years until I was able to run like a full-time practice. I still had my own journey with worthiness mm -hmm. where I was just going through different jobs. I had um, great losses in my life. Um, and so this was a time where my instrument, myself, was being sort of tweaked to mm -hmm. be able to do the work that I'm doing now and it's still ongoing. Yeah. And so this is what I support people in to um, to embrace their, themselves and to mm. embrace their own processes. Um, because there is a lot of, I think, you know, when we experience challenges, the, the go-to is, well, this is wrong, it shouldn't be there. Um, how do I get out of it? Quick fix, mm -hmm. you know? And yeah. I understand that, because it's gnarly to be in those places, mm -hmm. as I've experienced. Um, so, but I think it's really um, helpful to be able to see or to help to help somebody to see that there's purpose to it, that yeah. this is the education that you're that you're uh, receiving to to be able to do what you're here to do, mm -hmm. because it's not disconnected. I I was overhearing my my roommate, who's a really great medium. She was talking to a client, and she said, "You're going to turn that shit into fertilizer." <laughs> you know, meaning all these gnarly experiences, you know, they're they're purposeful from my perspective. Yes. Yeah. So I, I'm wow. I'm that's what I'm doing in my life now to. Having gone through these healing processes, I'm able to help support others do the same thing and mm -hmm. um, hopefully take some shortcuts and make it a little bit easier. I love it. Yeah. Where do you see your work going in the future? Good question. Do you have any? Well, I love doing groups. Uh huh. I love doing groups um, because I. Is that the experience I had with you? Like that kind of setting? Group setting? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, I think there was like maybe, I don't know, eight or 12 of us. We had a big group. Okay. That was at the little shop. At Emporium. Yes. Oh, okay. Yes, yeah, so I do my different places. And what I like about it is that I, through my own process, I was always inspired by people that were in their own authenticity. And this was in times where I still tried to appeal to normalcy and averageness and what I thought society wanted of me. Mm. And then these people in my life, they would like spark this sense of like, wow, what they are, I want that. Yeah. That kind of freedom and embodiment and groundedness, that's really good. Um, and so I've been doing this work now for so long and there's so many different crazy sessions and so much information and it's, it's like normal to me. You know, talking about aliens and angels and traveling the galaxies, it's like, yeah, it's another day at work. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and so we, me and my roommate and my husband, he's an Akashic Records reader as well, we, in our kitchen conversations are kind of like this. And so it's like daily, daily information. Oh my God, I um, love it. But I found now that there's so many people out there that 
it's not normal to them and they want this information mm. and so i'm hoping that i can inspire people um with this information to release uh limiting beliefs about mm. themselves about life and also for myself because i've moved into a more authentic version of myself to be more available um as a, an example to them mm -hmm. you know to know that we're not all that we're not here to be to fit in mm -hmm. you know and to realize that we have been conditioned to to think that our our sense of worthiness comes from you know having the, the acceptable body or the acceptable race or the acceptable gender or sexuality you're here to fly your freak flag you know? and this is yeah. what i'm doing to the best to my best ability and i'm hoping oh. that you know i can inspire people to do the same thing Oh, yeah, well, it's actually, an ongoing journey. Yeah, and you've actually been really inspiring. And there's so many crossovers between your journey, your life journey, what brought you to your work. And then I just, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's that's me. That was me. Oh, and what I, I just said? Like, yeah. Nice. A lot of, like, um, just resonant experiences about the journey. Oh, good. There was lots of, um, yeah, resonant experiences. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I want to do more groups. That's really, um, I love doing the one-on-ones, um, but to shift like half-half yeah. or to do more groups, that's really Yeah, especially to make it more available to more people. Right. Instead of, yes, of course. And I was just wondering, are you the only person in the Los Angeles area that specifically uses Dolores's technique? Oh, no, no. I'm just, I'm kind of the veteran. I'm, yeah, you I'm, seem like the most popular, if anything. Well, I'm, I'm, I've had the most education. Mm -hmm. So I've, I started doing this in 2006 when Dolores Cannon was like, nobody knew about her. There was not yeah. really YouTube uh, about her. And so um, I've just been at this sort of kind of the longest. And so my, uh, there's different levels. I'm level three. Um, so it's like a level of experience, but mm -hmm. I'm for sure not the only one. So oh. yeah, I'm booked out quite a bit. So <laughs> if you want to do a session with me, of course, you're welcome to, but you can also go into DoloresCannon.com, use the find a practitioner feature on the website and find somebody that's close to you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Aww. But I've, I've done a lot of work. Um, it's really my passion and um, I guess that's it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're so grateful to have you. Thank you. Yeah. And same to you. I think because I, I really truly feel that the work that you do is so important and needed mm. on so many levels. And also sometimes like if, you know, if I'm working with people on their records, there are some things that I feel like I can't necessarily get to. And I have to refer them to someone that does past life regression work. Right. So it's, I, I never feel like the Akashic Records are like, the one all fix all like it is you know everything it's like no everything is so valid and important all these different practices and tools practitioners teachers different angles right yeah i know as you're talking i was just thinking about because akashic records come up in my work as well mm -hmm. um and people go and they describe it as like a big library mm. and, i mean is that a thing in the work that you do you know that's really interesting that people people see it like that um, so my experience, so because the Akashic records are, um, non-physical, yeah. um, and of course, like we can have visuals and like see, but because they're non-physical, um, it's actually not a library. Mm. Yes. It's a vibrational archive, right. but it's not necessarily structured as a library. Right. What I feel happens when people see a library is 
sometimes we need to make that non-physical energy physical so we can understand it. Yes. I, I call it the interface. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that does make sense. And one time I did a guided meditation. This um, woman was leading the meditation, and she, the way that she guided us through, she kind of set it up like a library, and I totally saw it. And I was, like, going through it, and I definitely accessed past lives. So there's so many different ways to experience it. And, of course, I'm not saying that that way of experiencing it is not true because I have had that experience. Right. No, I mean... I, I don't want to say like this is the only valid experience at all, yeah. you know, but it does happen to people that they that they connected because I think a lot of times in my sessions, the information comes in from the Akashic Records yeah. without it having, oh, totally. that, having that title. Yeah. But sometimes people actually go like, oh, I'm in a library. It's like, you know, a big hall, there's marble, there's tons of books, there's a librarian and they're coming up. Um, okay. I was like, great, ask me a question. You know? <laughs> <I love laughs> and it's it. very... Um, it is very much from, I think, like you said, from the perspective of the human y- human mind. So yeah. we live in a world of shape and form. So this is how we understand things, that mm-hmm. we can differentiate between one thing and another. Mm-hmm. But I don't think necessarily that's how it works in non-physical realms. Right. You know, it's just a way that we apply our human understanding of things to to interface with the yeah. information. Yeah. Actually, I really like that word, the interface. The interface, yeah. I know, I'm going to use it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome! So, well, this is so great! <laughs> I had so much fun! Thank you, so I know! Yeah. Do you want to tell people where they can find you? Yes! So, um, people can find me on my website, justbetruetoyou.com. And then um, I think I'm like at Helen Vonderheide for everything else. And then, of course, I'm also working here at Liberate every Wednesday from 1 to 9. And tell me about the show that you've been working on. Yes. So it's in development. We haven't, or, well, there's a couple things. Um, the show that I was on that we filmed, mm-hmm. what, it's based on a band, a young band. Um, at the time that I filmed it, it, it is an untitled show. I don't know if they titled it yet. They're still in post-production. But it's based on a band. And these you know, young women are you know, together and also trying to discover the work that they're here to do. And I think also what they want to do and, you know, what does that look like? So the producer brought me on to provide some Akashic insight into that journey. So did, I did four readings for the girls and it was really fun. Um, the other, um, show idea that we're kind of playing around with is, you know, it's of course in development. I don't know if anyone is in entertainment. Have you been in entertainment? Oh my God. Development process takes forever. So we're trying to figure out what kind of show we can create that will like, you know, we can share the Akashic records and yeah, so we're in the very, very beginning stages. All we did was film me doing some readings. The producer is reviewing the footage, trying to figure out what the story is. Exactly. So, I mean, that could take like a year, two years, three years. Um, I feel like it's like totally up to so many things, like when it comes together and what it looks like. It's so awesome now that this is happening. Yeah. These kind of stories are now being told. Yes. The the people that are in the industry that I worked with, uh, their life purpose is to, to sort of get in through the back door to use entertainment to to uh, raise consciousness yeah well it actually makes me think about you before we go um what i loved when you shared the story of your client that wrote the book the boy who knew everything Mm -hmm. do you want to tell our viewers about that sure my phone just switched off okay so we still have um 
Oh, I see. Oh, there we go. Right. Hi. <laughs> so thank you for bringing it up. I was thinking about it. So um, yeah, I I was part of time right when it needed to pop. Yes. On. <laughs> <laughs> so I was part of an amazing project. Um, when it started, I didn't know I was part of it um, because I just got this client in to the door and we were going to do sessions. But she described that she had a young kid that started telling her as soon as he could speak that he used to be a tall German baseball player. And she was, a, she, I think she was a Christian, but um, she had no context for reincarnation, past life regression. So she was like, oh, that's cute kid. Um, imagination, that's all it is. But then um, she had moments where it was very clear that there was more to it. Uh, she took him to a stadium, to a, a baseball game, and it was a giant poster of Babe Ruth, the baseball yes. player. Um, and he had a complete meltdown fit. Like, that guy was mean to me. You know, we had a fight. He was very, very mean. And so finally, she realized that there's more to oh, this kid's stories. Yeah. And so uh, one of her friends had done a regression with me and told her about it. So she came into my door, and there was an immediate liking. We're both Gemini. So it was like, and so um, she told me about this, and she told me that her kid had told her that she used to be his mom in that past lifetime. Oh my god! It's normal that you travel with your soul family, and that you try out different roles. Like in one life, you're you're you know parent and child, and the other one you're the opposite, or just siblings, or good friends, or lovers. You try out different ways of relating. Um, and so she came in and I told her what I tell everybody, like, I don't know what we're going to be looking at. I, I do not tell people where to go or what to go see. But lo and behold, we went into this life. Um, she started describing this image where she was sitting on a couch. She described the, the carpet. It was a little dog beside her, like a covered bird cage. And she described her body, what she was wearing. And it opened up into this scene in a working class environment on the East Coast in the last century. And we find her at dinner, speaking some German words. and different scenes and it became clear that she was in the life of Christina Garrick, Lou Garrick's mom. Oh my God. Yeah. It's so amazing. It is super amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it, I mean it blows my mind like whenever this happens when there's clients that have verifiable past lives, which does happen quite a bit. I had um, a little short intermezzo here. I had a client come in about a month ago and um, we went through a whole session. It was amazing. And then she had a question about her current life dad and um, her higher self tells me, oh, they were together in the Renaissance. So I asked, well, what was the relationship? Her dad was her longtime assistant, um, and she was Michelangelo. Oh, my God. What? Are you sure? <gasps> and and so I was make, trying to make sure it was, it was the Michelangelo that we knew about. And so it said, wow. you know, he was gay, he had lots of lovers, but this, her current life dad was her longtime assistant. And she was in a, a particular state of trance where I could try and ask for names because you can't yes. always do that. And so she said, I can hear it, but I, I can't really see the word. So I had her spell it out letter by letter. So she spelled me P-R-I-E-T-R. -E -E so Pieter. Uh -huh. Didn't sound Italian to me, but I thought maybe different time. Um, anyway, she left my session after she was done, and I go to Googling. And I find this little paragraph that says, Michelangelo had a longtime assistant for 25 years whose oh name is... Pietro Urbino. Oh my God. Yeah. So that's, that shit really happens. Oh my God. Yeah. That is so amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. But back to the boy who knew too much. So she came back mm. two more times. She would go back to the same lifetime, um, finding lots of specific details about it. And I asked her higher self, why are we doing this? Why do we have to go back here? And it said um, that she is to mine these lifetimes for 
specific details that you can still go and fact check with still living descendants and relatives for accuracy, adding a level of credibility to this, the subject of passive aggression for people that normally wouldn't be interested in it because they, they think it's all a bunch of hooey. Um, so she did, she went to the East Coast and found these people and somehow was able to match what she had uncovered yeah. with, uh, with actual factual information. Oh my God. Wrote a book about it, won the Hay House writing contest, and it's now in development yes. for the movies. Oh my God, yeah. that's so amazing. Yeah. Mm. Thank you for asking about it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> How can people find you? So you can find me, best way is Instagram. So if you're watching right now, you already have my profile, but um, it is my first name, uh, J-E-R-O-E-N. And then my affirmation is love. So mm -hmm. Yeroen is love, mm -hmm. Instagram. Um, it's the best place. It has like a link tree to all my information, but you can also go to my website. Um, my first name, which is an American sound, Jeroen, QHHC.com. <laughs> That's my website. I love it. Yeah. Oh, this was so amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for initiating this. Yes. <laughs> if you enjoyed this conversation, like it, subscribe, and share it with your friends. If you want some more amazing resources on your path of liberation, head over to liberateyourself.com and sign up for our mailing list. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, at Liberate Hollywood. All one word or Liberate Emporium, all one word. Until next time, liberate yourself.